Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Elevate Your Equity podcast, where investors with a special emphasis on couples begin, continue, and deepen their journey to financial freedom together using the powerful vehicle of real estate investing to do it. Today, we've got an amazing show with Amy and Derek Peterson. These guys have been doing lots of marketing campaigns and they're, they're someone that's different. Even though they're in the real estate investing space, they're actually marketers and they've helped Whitney Sewell and some of the big names uh, out there get their marketing machine up and rolling. So we figured we'd bring on Derek and his wife to be able to share some of his perspectives there on that. Really, really cool show. Absolutely. And, and just a little more information about them. So Amy and Derek Peterson are not your typical suburban couple. The Petersons believe in living their absolute best life possible without limits. And as a strong couple alongside their family, Derek and Amy own and operate two successful businesses. Their top focus is on their digital marketing agency called the Adapt Media Agency that works with a variety of client types around the globe with particular focus on helping real estate syndicators create and grow their online presence. After after getting married in 2019, Amy and Derek embarked on a 56-day honeymoon that circumvented the globe completely. Derek's desire to take his wife around the world had them in places such as Hawaii, Bali, Thailand, the Philippines, Venice, Paris, and Barcelona. Their love of travel is realized in their second business, Amy and Derek Travel, where they book others on amazing travel experiences across the globe. Amy and Derek have turned their love for each other into a business partnership that is thriving. Additionally, they own a variety of rental properties in New York and North Carolina and continue to grow as passive real estate investors. Yeah. And so we've had a great time with them on the show. You guys are going to learn a lot about entrepreneurial mindset and what it really means to be living for a passion and not for your pension. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, let's bring them on. All right. And we have Derek and Amy Peterson on the line and with us here today on the podcast. How are you guys? Great to have you on. Doing great. Doing awesome. Thanks so much for having us on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Shortly before this call, we found out that you guys have been serial traveling, uh, which seems to fit in with your guys' whole story. And we're really excited to dive in here today because it's so different compared to a lot of the other uh, interviews that we've had with some of our guests. Um, so we, we want to dive right into it. So, but first of all, can you guys maybe give us a little bit of a background as to how you guys got started investing in real estate specifically? And then we can talk about entrepreneurship in general. Sure. From an investment perspective, prior to Amy and I actually meeting, we both had interest in real estate. So we were already investing individually before we had met. So I had originally come from New York and I had five, six different three bedroom, four bedroom investments up there before I had moved. And I had, you know, learned a lot about real estate, real estate investing there and invested in several uh, syndication deals uh, down in Southeast Boston and a few places in, in upstate New York. So yeah, prior to us meeting, we, uh, you know, I'd already kind of gone down that route. And then for you. Same for me. Uh, I still hold on to some of mine. So um, I just kind of managed those. They've been pretty simple. Um, I don't have any issues with any of my tenants and uh, it's been great. So um, we would like to expand and uh, we definitely will. Um, yeah. Yeah, we've invested in a few syndication deals just because we found that at least my experience with managing the asset myself hasn't been as good as hers. When I was up in New York, I didn't have great tenants. We had what was called, I'd categorize a student ghetto. So it was, you know, it was in the student area, but it was kind of a little seedy, but their parents paid the rent and it was, you know, it was pretty good. But 
when you don't realize that you've run into a, a male fraternity that likes to party, you start to realize some windows and doors go missing and it's, it becomes a bit of a nightmare. So I have not had that experience. So <laughs> mine's been great and um, I'm pretty firm. So if you miss some rent, you're gone. Like <laughs> I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. kind of cutthroat. Um, yeah. Don't let the Southern accent so. fool you. Um, <laughs> you will be gone. It'll take you out in a hot minute. So, uh, but no, we've, we've had an opportunity and then as marketing firm owners, we work a lot with real estate syndicators. So we've established some relationships with a lot of great individuals like yourself in the space. And I've had some opportunities to invest that has been, uh, has been awesome. So the journey that continues for us um, and the more we talk to folks like yourself, the more we learn about, about, about that syndication real estate space. That's great. Thank you guys. That's, that's a good background for a lot of our listeners to find out where you guys are coming from, from the real estate side. So uh, before we dive into what you're doing right now, currently with you guys' in investing uh, support uh, for syndicators, I'd like to talk a little bit about where this entrepreneurial itch came from. H have you guys, were you, were you both working what we call W-2 jobs here? Or were you, like, where did all this start? And then once we talk there about how that started, let's talk about the conversations that you guys were having at home, if you were always aligned in that direction or what, but we'll start with that. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want me to go yeah, first? Or, okay. So I spent 20 years, probably a little less than 20 years in the W-2 space right out of college, had a degree in marketing and management and worked for a variety of software and medical-based organizations selling uh, in the operating room devices, developing relationships with surgeons and it paid well and had great flexibility. Um, once you got the job down, it gave me an opportunity to sort of have a side hustle, I guess I would say, so that I could start to you know, branch out and say, hey, maybe I wanna open my own business. And prior to meeting uh, Amy, I'd opened up a, left the medical, well, I was still in, still in medical, but I opened a medical distribution company. So I was doing both things at once. You know, I think a lot of syndicators do that with their W-2 jobs and their syndication business, kind of stick your toe in the water and see if you can make it or if you're gonna fall on your face. And slowly over time, I mean, it was about six, six to eight months, the income started to surpass the regular job and I had to make a decision. And the decision was to leave and go into, uh, at that time was a medical distribution business into becoming a full-time entrepreneur. So I'd kind of done that for a few years before I, Amy and I had met, but Amy was in a little bit of a different boat than I was when we had met. Yeah, well, I was in dental um, for 15 plus years. And of course, when we met, I was at the VA hospital, loved my job, um, but the drive was brutal. Um, once we bought a home here in Waxhaw, I was taking me about an hour and 40 minutes to get home. So it was just, wasn't working out. Um, and I had already stuck my toe in the travel industry and was doing very well, um, enough to where I could work part-time somewhere. So I left the VA, started a part-time job in dental and it was a part-time job because the doctor was on his way to selling the practice. So she he was only, I didn't know, know that. that. Yeah. I just, he, for the last few years, he had only been working like 20 hours. So it worked out for me. And I took the position on a Thursday. I found out that was, I had been there for about six, seven months, not long. And I found out he had sold the practice literally the next day. Like he sold the oh, practice. Wow. We, would, we no longer had a job on Thursday. So I come home, I I'm telling him and he was like, I, I said, good. Yeah. I said, you got canned today. Well, you didn't wow. get fired. You <laughs> lost. You know, I was like, and she's like, she's like, oh my gosh, I lost my job. And I said, 
good. Um, it forced me to it, do something I probably would have never done. Yeah, she was definitely more, I think, comfortable in that W-2 position. And, and I think being that was something I'd done for a while, I could provide sort of that nudge, like, no, like if you work as hard as you do there, because she works her tail off. And I was like, but you're, you're building someone else's dream, right? I was like, let's shift your focus towards the travel industry with the travel agency. And we were um, in the process of, when that happened two months later, we were getting married or a month later, we we're getting married and we planned this 60 day around the world honeymoon. Um, Which where, I was pumping the brakes on because I couldn't miss work that long. <laughs> yeah, but I wanted to go all the way around the world, do all these countries on this honeymoon and when she got, when she lost her job, I was like, yes. So now we can do this um, because with the marketing firm, I could work from anywhere. And, and she uh, thus began the transition to answer your question into that W2 space. But I, I mean, I would say it was a, a bit of a struggle at first for her because she was so used to, you know, structure and, you know, punching a clock and, 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 and doing it. It was very structured. I think you've since gotten used to the fact I that still, there's days I struggle. Yeah. It's still, it's, it's, I think it's, I don't, I mean, you couldn't pay me to go back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like sometimes there's days where I'm not so busy and I'm like, I could have actually went and worked a job today and then done this at, you know, tonight or whatever, just because I've always had multiple jobs. So. Yeah. She, like I said, she always works, works her tail off. And I'm like, listen, we've got plenty to do at this organization, just, uh, you know, but, but she, she doesn't feel like she's doing enough sometimes. I'm like, you are, I'm like, it's okay to like take an hour and eat lunch. It's okay. You're not going to yeah. get fired. I promise. <laughs> like we're like you, you're the boss. <laughs> so. You're not going to get, yeah. You, you know, you know, someone right. At the, in yeah, the exactly. Yeah. So you're, you're the connected, well yeah. connected, right? Yeah. No, no, that's great. You guys, thank you for giving us that insight. So um, I guess this question's more for Amy then. So Amy, like you've perhaps at this point have seen Derek doing what he's been doing on the side while working a full-time job. And there must have been some conversations at home that you guys were maybe talking through about this or, or what did you see the effort that Derek put in and how did that project onto yourself? Like, were you like, boy, I don't want that at all. Or boy, that's, that's really nice. Or like, what were those conversations like? And, and how did that evolve as the, as the whole thing with the, with the dental office came? Yeah, through? he definitely, uh, he, he definitely, he would work from literally eight at eight in the morning till nine, 10 o'clock at night. So of course I was always by his side once I got home from work. So it didn't phase me at all to jump in, help him. Like he had me kind of doing some things on the side. I am not tech savvy at all, <laughs> at all. But uh, the things he knew I could pick up and do, and even he had to train me a little bit, but um, we started bonding whenever I'd come home from work and I'd kind of help him out and things like that. And then of course, when I lost the job, he just kind of nudged me a little bit more there and, it's been, you know, great ever since, you know, he teaches me little things along the way, but I'm better at just like with my real estate, like when it comes to bills being paid, they're going to be paid. And so I took over all the finance part. I pay all his developers. I make sure every invoice that I send out, that project's not being started until they pay. Like it's not happening. She's a, so. a detail oriented individual. So like when, when we started having those conversations, some of the conversations are like, if you're going to come into and, and do this, like, she's like, well, what am I going to do? She's like, I don't know anything about marketing. And I don't know anything about building websites or brands or anything like that. And I was like, 
either did I before we started this. I'm like, one day at the one point you didn't know how to walk. I'm like, we all figured that out too. So the reality is that like you can learn, right? That was what I was trying to get across is like, you know, you can learn it. And it definitely comes with frustration, I think, you know, as you go through that learning curve. And, but I think the separation of duties and understanding like what her strengths were versus mine was really what ma- what makes it work is like, like I'm terrible at like bills and like finances. I'm more of a, the creative side and she's not as much on the creative side, but she is like, she'll chase someone to the corner of the earth for $2. So I'm like, it's perfect. Um, and she's, yeah, she's very structured and organized. So it's, it was definitely a lot of conversations around who's going to do what in trial and error, trial and error. I'm I started sure handling the SEO, which I learned, and I've become pretty good, good at, at it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she manages our whole SEO team. So it's a whole team of individuals to, and she didn't know anything about it. I mean, she didn't even know what SEO stood for no. at, at first, but but now she's a rock star. So I think the key lesson is is just in the conversation we had, it was just all about spending time to learn and grow into the business. Yeah. Thank you guys. That's so inspiring. Um, and I love how, you know, the gradual evolution of your, both your strengths and skills are, it sounds like really synergistic. And even though the learning curve may have been high, like you guys found your, you know, your rhythm and, uh, and Derek, we, we said earlier really stuck with me about, um, you know, why, like what you said, it, maybe this was a really, a real true blessing for Amy that with the dental um, situation. And what you said was that, you know, why work for someone else's dream when you can create and just grow your own, right? And um, I resonate with that because I pretty much did the same thing about five years ago. And so it sounds like a lot, um, there's a foundation of mindset that really goes into creating and sustaining your success, both of you guys. So can you talk a little bit more about, you know, what fuel drives you to keep moving forward when times get tough? I think there's, there's multiple fuels. One of them is, of course, necessity, right? You have bills, uh, you have a mortgage and, a, you know, a lifestyle to maintain investments you want to invest in. So there's a certain degree of income that needs to be generated. So there, there's that side of it. But honestly, that's a small part of it for us. We decided when we were going to venture out on our own that we're going to chase our passion, not our pension. Because for the first 20 years of my work life out of post-college, it was the other way around. I chased dollars. I was miserable, but I made a lot of money at, at that time. And I was like, but I, 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 did, I just wasn't happy. You know. So for us, I think aligning our careers and our business with things that we love and enjoy makes it almost feel like it's not work at times, right? So we love to travel. So the travel business is like, it doesn't feel like work. I mean, it definitely has its moments, right? But, and same on the marketing front, um, you know, working with different syndicators and helping people develop brands, like it gives us an opportunity to be creative with these individuals. So that the the motivation I think sometimes needed to drive forward is lessened a little bit when you're doing something you're truly passionate about. And then I think for us, it's it's about building something together. You know, it's about building a legacy together and and um, not not building someone else's. To your point, you know, it's it it it's ours. It's a little bit of that. I don't know. Would you would you add anything to that? There are times like um, of course me being like in 
more into the money side of things. I have certain accounts that I put things into. And of course, like I'll tell him, you know, we need to strive for this because we are wanting to do some more investments and things like that. But for the most part, I, I definitely lean more towards what you said. It's a lifestyle for us. Definitely with the, I mean, there's not a ton of money to be made in the travel industry, um, but it definitely creates a lifestyle for us that, you know, that's literally like all of our side income. It kind of goes towards that. So something we, we enjoy and love. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's, it's that balance of lifestyle and passion and all that. I think that really uh, makes it easy, but in those tough moments to, to sort of answer your question, cause they do come, they, there are those moments. There's those moments where thankfully we really get along like incredibly well. And like, so spending every waking moment with each other has never really been an issue, but I, I think having uh boundaries and knowing like hey it's it's eight o'clock like let's put our phones away like let's go veg and like and just go chill out let's let's go out and you know have a drink on the on the deck whatever the case may be let's 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 create those boundaries i think is what we've learned because before we didn't and we would just go when you were first starting out trying to grow like i said he would it'd be 10 o'clock at night he would still be working Um, and of course i'd be by his side trying to help in any way i could but you they, had to, it's exhausting, right? And, and oh, like yeah. you got to do the grind, but eventually, then you start to get tired and maybe short with each other, and like you know that that's when you're like, okay, maybe we need to make a little more time for us. Although we're together the entire day, just like actually together, together. You know what I mean? Without the work. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And and thank you both for being so open and authentic. And because this this is what our listeners really need to hear, right? It's not picture perfect. Um, it never is a linear journey. And, um, you know, and as you guys were finding your rhythm and finding like your structure and like you said, setting your boundaries, I'm just curious, you know, uh, maybe you can kind of give us a glimpse into your day-to-day routine in terms of like, what are things that are just absolute non-negotiables that have to happen to keep your sanity and, and to keep your balance between you as in your relationship and in your business? We don't set a clock. We don't set an alarm clock. So we believe in the value of rest. So, well, we typically go to bed around the same time at night, but I mean, um, we're usually up by seven thirty or eight, but there's not an alarm clock. So right? we try to set our day starting when we're speaking with clients at, at around nine thirty, so that it allows us to sleep the amount that our body needs sleep, so that we walk into every day very well rested. So that's not that's not negotiable. Not always an, a possibility. Sometimes we want to talk at seven thirty eight. We just gotta set the alarm, which stinks, but it's nice. You know that that that's a non negotiable. For me, it's maybe a little more than 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 Amy is. I have to get work out. Like I have to, <laughs> I have to work out. We worked out before this together. We have a gym in our basement that's uh, that we had constructed, and it's it's been great. Again, it's, it's about taking care of our our body, you know, and 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 eating eating healthy, all those things. And then from there, the really- you like to work out. <laughs> I work out because I like to eat pizza. <laughs> Yeah, but definitely, I think are, are important for entrepreneurs and those who are listening. It's important. You have to have your rest. You have to have the right you know, fuel in your body. You have to uh, take care of yourself. And then everything else seems to fall into place. You know, we try to, to meet every morning because sometimes I'll work in one room and she'll work in another room because we're both on the phone with people. and don't want to be talking over each other. So always make it a point to spend some time, have breakfast together without the noise, without opening the laptops and yeah. getting on We the just phone. recently started that. We were like, cause I would literally get up, open my laptop and then it was just yeah. like 
So now we've started to where we don't open the laptop until we've had breakfast. Breakfast together and talk about no, nothing work related and, and, and get centered. That's been real helpful for us. Then from there, the day just sort of takes its shape uh, and we navigate it uh, until the end of the day, which can vary at what time that is. But we try to stop working, like no more contact with anybody, usually around seven or eight o'clock at night because we're dealing with some West Coast clients and stuff like that. So we have to, yep. you know, we have to deal with that. So, and this just the reverse, you know, uh, dinner together, no more work talk, actual quality time as a couple, because that's important. We found we were working together so much, but we felt disconnected, right? And I'm sure people listening can relate to that. You're like, you talk all day, but it's about business. It's not about you guys, you know. It's, they're not real deep conversations. And like, yeah. and I remember having conversations like, I don't feel like we're like connected. This is a second marriage for both of us. And we had prior marriage, we just sort of drifted apart. And so it's important to us that we're constantly connected. And I was like, why? I'm like, how can we be together for 18 hours a day? I like talking. We're <laughs> yeah. not, I feel like I know who you are right now. So yeah, a lot of people think that more time spent in real estate investing or in, in doing your side business is going to translate to more success. But something that I learned the hard way with Sophie, and I've mentioned many times on our podcast is that, you know, oftentimes we forget why we're doing some of this stuff. You know, the reason that we're working so hard is for us to be able to enjoy time with our family and friends and our relationships, right? So if you're doing at the detriment of all that, then what's the point of working so dang hard? We couldn't agree with you more. That's a philosophy we live our lives by because um, you just never know what tomorrow is going to bring, right? You never 100%. know what breath will be. And yep. yeah, it's for that reason that we work a lot while we travel from the road because we don't want to work and not enjoy life and travel or we have some youth about us and then be 65 and 70 and finally decide to retire. But my knees are blown out and I've had, you know, a hip replacement and, you know, maybe I'm not in the position then to really enjoy it. That's um, awesome. Very cool. Important. Let me ask you guys something too, uh, that might be something that a lot of the listeners are interested in hearing. It sounds like you guys have done a lot of internal work to figure out what you want to do. There are listeners out there that maybe don't know what their passion is and working for your passion instead of your pension is something that's a, that's a great tagline. I'm definitely going to be using that and it will probably be the title of this podcast, but, oh, cool. uh, but I, what I wanted to ask you is, do you have any tips out there for people who maybe not, maybe don't know what their passion is, you know, or maybe they feel lost or like, where would you start? Where would someone, you suggest someone like that start? I'll take that one. Well, I mean, for us, it was definitely travel, but it, you know, that's definitely, you know, chasing your passion, not your pension. Cause like I said, we do not make a ton of money in the travel industry. However, it is a lifestyle for us. And, um, you know, we definitely enjoy that. And I think, you know, for someone, they kind of need to learn what their passion is. And so this question is, so how do you do that? Right. Cause I've definitely gotten that question from friends and people that they reach that point in their life. And they're like, I don't know what I'm passionate about. And this answer may shock you a little bit because I've been there, right? I've been there before we met. And I think a lot of it has to do, not always, but sometimes people are get a little busy looking at what everyone else is doing and seeing the smile on their face thinking, well, maybe that's what I want to do because they see the emotion of, of their happiness. Um, but they're trying to live someone else's life, right? They're trying to live someone else's dream because they think that's going to make them happy, whether it's the watches, the cars, the travel, whatever it is that they look at, whatever their passion might be. But I think a lot of times people can do the internal work to really know who they are, right? 
So, which I think is something that everyone, we've never taught this, how to love yourself and how to truly know who you are. And when you become in touch with who you are and you learn to love who you are, then you really know who you are, right? And that puts you in more of a position to understand who you are so that you, you what your passion might be. Because I think when people try to identify what their passion might be, they, they're, again, they're looking externally, they're not looking internally. Mm-hmm. Right, what I love that. I think one thing I wanted to add to that too, and, and before we continue on this, this line of thinking, because I love this, this is awesome, mm-hmm. um, is that I think that for me, I've had a lot of problems with patience. And by looking at external factors, it's like you're getting that, that immediate, you're, you're seeing the result of what someone's done right? You're getting that smile. You're getting that, you're seeing the result and you get attached to that result. So you get attached to what people are putting out there after it's already happened and not seeing the whole process. So for me, like where I see the relationship between this and patience is that by being patient with yourself on a self-care level to explore this and say, you know, what is this? And then also have patience from an emotional level where you're like, you have to come at it from some sort of uh, wisdom when you're looking at all these people smiling like this is ob- this could be fake it could be fabricated it could be people that are putting on a smile for false pretenses just to in- initiate that kind of feeling in other people to make them feel better so yep. you just have to really I think that all, for me it all stems from patience and really like understanding like you said who you are and what you're compatible with and then adjusting your life to like sort of get more and more of that worked in somehow because everyone's busy, everyone's got some sort of stuff, mm-hmm. right? But I think that um, that you're dead on with that. And I just wanted to acknowledge that. Yeah, that. yeah. I mean, just so much wisdom coming from you guys. And we're like taking notes and, you know, we're going to implement a lot of the things you say. And I think it goes to that saying, um, you know, we compare our blooper blooper reel to other people's highlight reel, right? And, yes. and that really affects us on a mental, emotional level. And so, you know, like you said, the self-care piece and, and the genuine rest, that is, that's something that a lot of people starting out take, take for granted, I think. And, you know, like Derek was saying, we just put in the hours thinking that that's going to equate to the result, but not really. And no. yeah, there, there could be an incongruence there, right? So I don't know, I'll let you guys uh, respond to that. I had a follow-up question in regards to that based on your guys' experience, but I'll let you comment on that before. Yeah, I, I think one other thing, and I agree with you on the patience, Derek. I think one other thing that I think some people get hung up on is they look at the destination, right? Which let's just use an example, becoming a doctor, right? They, for whatever reason, they think I want to be a doctor, right? And, and they, and they put their head down and they run at it for however many, you know, 12 years of school and like all that you have to go through. And they think about that moment, we're going to get that degree and they're going to have that moment and they're going to you know, move the tassel, throw the cap. And that moment's like 10 seconds, right? And they advance into their life. But those 12 years, they might be miserable. So I think sometimes people focus so much on the destination, not the journey, because the journey's where all the growth happens. The journey's where you become who you are, the journey's oh, the, meat, the meat of it. So like, so when you choose your passion, make sure you, when you choose your destination, make sure your journey is going to, like you see, be in alignment with like what you like to do. So if it's not, you're going to be miserable. So, and if you can wake up and I think Tony Robbins says like, if you, if you've reached ultimate success and money, you know, whatever it is that it is for you and you're unfulfilled, like that's the ultimate failure, right? I'm yeah. killing it, but I'm unfulfilled. And I've been there and it's like, 
it stinks. Yeah, but so, so you're right. I mean, it's, it's it definitely patience is a huge thing. hundred percent. I remember going to one of Tony Robbins events and he basically used the example of Robin Williams as that achievement without fulfillment. And, uh, you know, as you guys know how that ended, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but anyway, backing up a little bit, I wanted, I wanted to talk a little bit more about this, this passion and how, I mean, obviously this is a real estate based podcast. So a lot of the listeners that are on here are interested in investing in real estate or either they're starting or they're looking to grow their portfolio. And so I think that um, one of the things that is, was really cool in some of the books that I've read before on this topic that have kind of related to this, like there's a book called Designing Your Life, but what they recommended was they recommend whatever it is that you're doing now in any entrepreneurial or W2 or whatever venture you're in, start writing down the moments day by day of all the things that you're doing and give an indicator as to how much flow you feel, how much flow meaning like, you know, effortless effort just coming, pouring out of you. And yeah. those moments, if you can note them, are going to be hints that it may not be that actual activity of whatever it is you're doing, but it may be like the process of what you're doing, right? And that might give you an idea as to what, what to start pursuing. So could you guys give us a little bit more background on when you guys found your passion, you started growing into your passions, how did real estate investing and this entrepreneurial kind of business and things that you guys put together on your own, how did that satiate some of that? Or do you have any, any I don't want to dominate the conversation. No. Yeah. <laughs> I've always enjoyed it. He didn't have such a great experience, um, you know, at with, first, it, yeah. at, with his, um, but I've always, you know, I've, I guess I've had properties for 15 years. For me, it was wonderful. I'm not sure the first time you actually purchased property or. I mean, it was years ago. I was, I was probably 15 years ago as well. Um, but but to, you know, to speak specifically to your listeners who are in, this, in the real estate space, for us, a lot of what we're doing in terms of the income generation side of things with the marketing firm, not so much the travel. The travel, like I said, is more of a lifestyle, lifestyle. thing. It does make some, some money, but not, not, not nothing you're going to go Not buy. enough to invest. Not <laughs> enough to invest is... is we are continually trying to align ourselves with syndicators, thought leaders, you know, the, the Whitney Sewells and Joe Fairlesses of the world and, and, and work with them professionally because we know a few things are going to come out of that. One, we're going to learn. We're going to offer a service and value to them that's going to pay us an income that we can then put into real estate, right? And to grow that passion because that is where we try to push all of our, push. our yeah. we'll call it, income, you know, our, our investments, like, little, hey, we have a little bit in crypto. To yeah. Into this. <laughs> yeah. We're playing crypto a little bit yeah. just because it's fun, but, but all, all of it, yeah. Into real estate. And so, you know, every day it's, it's a push, you know, we're trying to, you know, tighten the belt here uh, with some of our spend so that we can take those dollars that we earn. But a lot of it's about alignment, right? When we decided to get into travel, we decided to get in travel because we love to travel and what better way to learn about travel than, just get into the business and you're just going to learn and establish connections and be able to travel better. So same with the marketing firm. When we realized that we wanted to invest our dollars into real estate, I saw it out. We saw it out syndicators so that we could learn from them, establish a relationship with them so that, you know, we can continue to grow on our real estate journey while providing value to them. So it's about just connecting, like you said, you said earlier, connecting those paths and, and that's, that's what we've been doing. So that's awesome guys. 
because the real estate investing space is so vast. And I'm just curious how you guys um, were able to niche down to syndications. Yeah. So I had a, I had a buddy of mine. Yeah. It's actually the whole reason I started this marketing firm was when I owned the medical distribution business, we own the medical distribution business. I had a good, good buddy of mine who I was his first boss out of college. He got into real estate in the self-storage space at a company called Reliant Investments, wildly successful organization. And uh, they'd asked, they needed an interim marketing person. So Chris knew that I was good at marketing my medical business, had always asked for marketing advice, but I didn't own a marketing firm at that point. And he said, hey, would you be interested in a retainer-based thing? It's a part-time gig. You come over and you help straighten up all marketing. And I was like, yeah, why not? So I threw somewhat of an outrageous number out at him because I didn't think I had time to do it. And they accepted it. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, I can make money at this. So, uh, so, and, and then began the journey into syndication, redeveloped their site, their brain and all that. You which, enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, I might like this. So then I started getting other people who were taking notice of the work we were doing there. Um, like uh, Whitney at LifeBridge Capital reached out and said, hey, I need to redevelop my brand. I was like, okay, great. So reached out to him and then it just snowballed. I went on his podcast and it just, it was podcast after podcast and it continued to snowball to where probably represents the syndication space. Probably 50% of our client base is falls into that space. Uh, we do work outside of it. That's the one we enjoy the most. So yeah. Excellent. Very cool, you guys. So let's talk a little bit more about what you guys are doing right now. Um, I know that it's taken us a while to get here, and uh, that, but that, but it's good because I wanted everyone to understand who you guys are as a couple. Because you know, not only are you guys helping syndicators and multifamily investors, but you guys are also entrepreneurs yourself. And so there's a lot of mindset pieces that we can take from this that would help that would apply to everyone. So let's talk a little bit more about what you guys do in both of your businesses. Um, and explore that a little bit more in depth so people know, you know, what you guys do and the value that you add. Yeah, I'll have Amy start on the travel business because she manages that and, and, and runs that. So yeah, um, I manage the travel part, um, which is very tricky right now. It, there for a while, it really tanked, um, but now yeah. it's really picked back up and you need a travel agent more now than ever. Um, just the rules, the you got to know what type of COVID test is needed, how many hours prior to. Um, do you have to be vaccinated in order to go to that country? It's just, there's a lot involved there. Um, so of course we were just in St. Lucia, um, for a wedding I had planned, uh, or not, I didn't plan the wedding, but I planned the trip itself. And so I went, I, I went myself to make sure everything went smoothly and, um, it went great. Yeah. So it's, it's a, and then as far as I guess with you, with, you know, the marketing firm, I handle all finances and then I handle all SEO uh, clients. Um, yeah. So she kind of has any entrepreneur, you have to wear a lot of different hats and you've got multiple businesses, just like those who are listening, have a W2 job and a syndication job. Right. Like you, you know, you're wearing all different types of hats and she really manages the, the, the travel side of it really well. And like she said, it, it did. It sort of took us a nosedive during COVID. No one went anywhere. Uh, but right now it has come back so hot that like you, like it's hard to find places. Yeah. If so, you're seeing that in prices for sure. On stuff. You are. Yes. Yeah. During <laughs> COVID, like there are still people that were including us that traveled and it was crickets. See, everywhere we went, there was nobody there and it was kind of nice. <laughs> Uh, but now the prices are climbing and uh, it's, it's getting back to normal. So, so that's been, um, and she, I mean, she just does, and the name of that company is called Amy and Derek Travel. 
pretty cool. easy to remember, right? So, nice. and with uh, on on the marketing side, that that's where the majority of my focus goes. Um, I help market the travel side, but that's really it. Um, she books everything and handles all that. And then you know we have a, a staff of developers, uh, SEO uh, folks, and you know, some other creative individuals that we've developed this organization to be completely remote, meaning that we don't have an office. We have a virtual Excellent. office, uh, but we don't have an office because we don't want an office. I don't want the overhead. I don't want to pay the, I don't have to get up and commute and all that when I don't need to. We don't need to, and we can also manage everybody from the beach in St. Lucia, uh, just as effectively as if I had driven 30 minutes into Charlotte, North Carolina traffic and sat in an office. Um, and I found today's tools allow us to be able to grow an organization just as effectively that way in a culture than, uh, you know, than if we were there in, in presence. So it's, we love, we love what we do. Um, and, and it's totally a, a passion over pension thing. So, yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, your question. Yeah, it did. It did. Thank you. Um, I was going to explore a little bit more into that because uh, it sounds like, you know, you guys are, are taking what you like to do and making that a large part of your life. Like you're like, I don't want to have, you know, we want remote employees everywhere all the time because we want to be one of them. And, you know, you're, there's traveling. So the traveling plus the remote that combines really well, plus not having the W2 plus enjoying podcasts and, you know, jumping on podcasts like ours, it just all fits in. And it's starting to, it's like this holistic thing that you guys could see yourself living for many years. And I think that's really the true sustainability is what everyone is really looking for in, in doing what they like to do right on their terms. So I just want to commend you guys for building a life like that. That's really great. It takes, takes some time, energy and effort and intention. And you guys have gotten there. Mm -hmm. Oh, we appreciate that. It's definitely been, a, uh, like you said, it's not a linear journey. You know, she had to get canned from her job and like I had to, <laughs> you know, just everything fell into place. But once you set your intentions on the outcome you want, like the, I think a lot of people, I'm going to back up for a second, a question you asked earlier, because this may answer it a little bit with understanding what people's purpose is. I think a lot of times if people can imagine what they want their day-to-day -day life to look like, then deconstruct it backwards into how it needs to be today. That's how we approach this. When we got together, I said, I want to travel the world and work remotely. Let's figure it out, you know? And, and so it began and we just, we set our intentions. But it, it, it's, it's all worked out, you know? It's all yeah. worked out. Yeah. Oftentimes, like when we're forced to interrupt our pattern, then it, it causes you to step back and think a little bit. And so many positive things have happened in society in general from mistakes, right? Like we have penicillin because of a mistake and then that, that led to a, a, yeah, all that stuff. Right. So it's just really incredible to see you guys living that. I don't want to say wave, but it really is. You guys are just kind of like, you know, you're, you're making adjustments midstream, you know, as needed. And I think that's what a lot of people are searching for who are listening to our podcast, because a lot of them are in W2 positions and it feels like they're forcing it, trying to live on between the bounds of what they make on their paycheck, right? And saving each month and having a retirement in 401k. And so um, just want to paint that picture that many guy that many people who are listening are wanting the lifestyle that you're that you're doing right now. So in general, do you have any advice for those people? Uh, for, for people who are listening, who have their W-2, like I know for Amy, it wouldn't be just, don't just quit, you know, but, <laughs> but what would work that side hustle. And, and then when that exceeds the W-2, you know, 
Then, yeah. Push your focus there. Push cut, your focus there and, and cut and cut it off. Cut the cord. Yeah. That's a great question. And you know, we we get that a lot actually. We, we we're blessed to have, um to have the lifestyle that we have. And we get a lot of I'll say I guess compliments or like how'd you guys do it type of thing. And and it's like I, I look back and I'm like, I'm not even really sure how we did it, but it happened, right? Um, and I could sit there and dissect it about intentions and all that, and, and it was all there. But advice for those who are listening, uh, I, I concur with what Amy said in that you got to dip your toe in the water. And if you don't, as we were talking about earlier, if you don't know anything about it, it's okay. Like everyone listening, you, you couldn't talk at one point. You couldn't walk. Like, that's fine. You're going to figure it out. And you have to go through that adaptation phase. So like the podcast I have is called Adapt You. It's all about teaching and helping people adapt. Because if, and that's what I think has made us so enabled our success is we've been malleable. So instead of just sticking in the lane and being like, this is all I'm doing, right? You start to see different ways and, and be able to adapt and conform. And when you can adapt uh, the, and, and grow and learn, I think that's what's going to help, you know, your listeners and, and, you know, through that process of gaining the confidence of trying something new. Then, like you said, side hustle. There comes a point where, and I know you're Tony Robbins uh, folks, and he says, what is it? If you want to take the island, you got to burn the boats, right? So there comes a point like her boats burnt when she got canned. Um, I would still be there if not probably. <laughs> she might still be there, right? So they burn the yep. boat. And I was like, let them, let them burn, right? Yep. She was so worried when she came home that I was going to be upset or whatever. And I was like, I cleaned the kitchen, made sure the house was immaculate. And she came home, I was like, yes, this is exactly what we wanted. Gave a total spin that I don't think she expected, but you got to burn the boats, meaning you just got to jump in feet first when you are ready to exit that W2 thing. And uh, once you have that alignment and a lot of people, I think never do that. Right. Um, I think so. I think it's because they're impatient with themselves. Like as we were talking about before coming full circle, you got to be patient, like to build that side business up while you're working the full-time job. Cause you got to have some sort of knowledge set at least, you know, before you start burning the bridges. Right. Otherwise that's yeah. just, I don't want to say it's foolish, but it's very risky. You know, it's very, very risky. It, it is. It is. But sometimes that risk is exactly what people need to do to a certain extent. Not like some people have kids and mortgages and like, all that makes total sense, right? So, but for the younger listeners, like, burn. You lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just go. You know, I, I wish I did that when I was younger. I wish mm -hmm. I became an entrepreneur when I was younger. And, but, you know, uh, the W2 world served its purpose. It all worked out. Yeah. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Man, wonderful. And what I love too is that typically the ending, you know, to that story of Amy coming home without a job would be like, what? You have to find another job. And, you know, and, and some couples that conditioning that takes place, it really, it really affects every aspect of their lives. But for you, Derek, you're like, no. Like I love, I, I love that whole, like I can see that whole picture of like those boats burning and you guys are like, you know, on this beautiful paradise island that you're going to create for yourselves. And yeah. 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 It definitely, when that happened, we were, we were about to go on our honeymoon, what, like a month or two later or whatever. So we extended the honeymoon for the 60 days. Um, and even then on the trip, I was thinking when I come home, am I going to get another W2 job? Like it was still there. And he was like, no, no, no. But it was still in the back of my mind. And had we not done so well, um, with the business, I may would have done that, but yeah, I'm glad have. I, yeah. 
but I think her conditioning as a W2 person, she wasn't looking to make the jump. I sort of pushed her over the edge, basically. So, and I think sometimes in a relationship, some- You need uh, that. Then you need that, right? You know, and you know, there's days where I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I'm like, this is so stressful. Like, this is like, and she lifts, she picks me up off the ground, you know? So it's like, th- that's needed, you know? And that's mm-hmm. where the, the relationship, having, working with someone that you love and care about and trust, trust is, uh, is, is huge. So um, I think that's what makes it work. But, but yeah, yeah, she, she still has her mom as the W2. I'm like, what are you thinking? I'm like, I'm clock. I'm like, why would you say that? Yeah, but so if, I, only did, if, I, if yeah. I didn't have a lot on my plate that day, I'm like, I could have went somewhere and, and worked today. I'm like, like, just come see me. I'll give you plenty more to do. So it's, yeah, it's, so it's, it's still, it still lingers there, but we're slowly cleaning it out there. Can, uh, oh, I'll tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you, those roots run deep. You know, they really do. And you have to fight that back. Whole life. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like we just recently, I just recently made the decision to leave my W-2 as well. Um, oh, it won't yeah. be, hap- thank you. It won't be happening for a couple of weeks, a couple of months though, because I have to give my employer some time to transition. And I don't want to, I don't want to burn that bridge in case something does happen, right? Um, needlessly burn a bridge. I want to keep integrity and keep that. But uh, in any event, I think that like moving forward in that direction is you have to have the skills, you have to have the knowledge. Um, and, and I think that um, I, I would definitely encourage people to, to take that route of, of doing what they would like to do, uh, but in practice and doing it over time, having patience with yourself and, and making that happen. That right. Way. And and really, I think the, um, you know, the lesson that, that I've gotten all, out of all this is like, it's the importance of reframing, right? It's, it's not about risk. Cause when we think of risk, it's like, oh my God, we're fall flat on our face. It's yeah. over like game over. But the reality is, is it's, it's an opportunity. Exactly. Like everything that we jump into where we, what is that? Where you're um, on the trapeze and, you know, you have to commit mm-hmm. to like grabbing onto that next one. Otherwise you're not going to. Yeah. It's know? all about the fear and trust, right? It's, it's all yeah. of these things. That's why we spend so much time talking with you guys about like the fear and trust, because we hope that something, one of our listeners hears like a light bulb's going to go off and be like, wait a minute, I don't really have a risk here if you try to work really hard or you get yourself prepared, like what we're doing and you're ready to go, the worst that can happen is you just go back to working again full-time. That's yeah. the, that's the worst thing. hundred percent. A lot of people are like, well, I can't leave that. It's such a risk to leave that W2 job because they pay my salary. And I go, you are in no control. I'm like, they could fire you in a yeah, second. Like, you're in higher risk over there because I was like, because you're disposable. I'm like, but when it's your business and it's yours, you wake up every day. I'm like, you can't fire yourself. Right. Um, and, and like, you know, so you're totally right. I agree. It's about reframing and looking at every challenge that you're going to face. Cause you will along the road as an opportunity, right? Like we've lost some major clients. Like they, up and left or whatever the reason is and then they leave and like and like you have a retainer from them or whatever the case may be and you're like oh wow yeah uh and then i look at it as you can say oh we're, we're we're in trouble or i could say you know what this is more time for us to be able to find a right client Love fit it. or dedicate to that yeah bingo oh, yeah it's yeah. so so mindset heavy when you're on the entrepreneur and on the w2 side it's like you're giving you're, you're like basically giving away that that decision-making ability to someone else. Yes. And it's a yeah. false safety. It is a false safety mm-hmm. for sure. You know, because what happened to you, Amy, right? Like, and then I would, I would argue that like, you know, you can find yourself in that position and then end up with more stress because once you're in the job, 
right? You start making these commitments and then you count on the income being there. And then when you leave, you only have the skills that that employer gave you, which they decide, you know, and then you have all those commitments that you made with that income. So I would say that's actually, I'd make an argument that's actually riskier to not think about your own thing uh, interesting, yeah. and just do the full-time job, right? You grow so much more when it's yours because you have to truly understand you and have to. It. And like you said, like yeah. at worst, you leave that opportunity that you tried to grow with just knowledge that you can take with you to the next thing and, and make it work, right? So it's, there's no such thing as failure. It's just learning the whole way, right? 100%. Uh, stepping stone, so yeah. Yeah, very, yeah. very cool. Really. Wow. What like, I, I'm loving this conversation. It's so inspiring and so stimulating. And I want to know, you know, Derek and Amy, what is in store? What's, you know, for the next three to five years for you guys, what's your vision and what are you guys working towards? Other than other, uh, definitely, of course, I've been focused on saving for going down the, you know, real estate thing, um, uh, purchasing a beach home where not sure but I've definitely been pushing for that and researching with that, waiting on the market to kind of provide a, a better, um, you know, opportunity. Um, because right now, everything that we've looked at has just been um, over, way overvalued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're just trying to save up for that moment when the market actually comes back to uh, to reality. To it, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, that's definitely on the, you know, in the purview beach home, we've got little signs around our house that say beach home. Kind of Every time it's, it's over the stove. So when he wants to go out to eat, there's like a, a, a sign over the stove that says beach house. I'm like, no, we're going to eat. Uh, we're eating at home because we want a beach house eventually. Right. We're going to, we're not going to go out and spend $120 on dinner tonight. We're going to cook yeah, at home. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. I'd say the next three to five years and maybe a little bit past that is um, you know, we'd like to build the marketing firm to a point where, you know, we're owner operators right now and we're starting to transition to bring people in where maybe we don't have to be as hands-on with it so that we can, you know, uh, grow and bring in people that we trust so that we can start to shift our focus more towards the investing side of things, right? Because right now it consumes a lot of our time and our resources. So it's about making that shift and pivot to creating a sustainable, you know, income stream to be able to uh, to send over to the real estate side because we just definitely something we want to spend more time on and you know our goal is is in you know 10 years you know at 55 like we're like just passive income streams are providing us uh, the income that we need to live um, the lifestyle that we've come to know and love and enjoy and and um, we're going to sell our home and uh, kind of like you guys and, yeah and, uh, and just the kids will all be out in college and all that. And we're just going to go just live and work from wherever we're not work, you know? So say you want to go to Spain for two months, let's go to Spain, just rent a, Love you know, it. Rent a casita for a little bit and just check out and mix and mingle with the locals and, and have and, that passive income coming in from the, the passive income. Yeah. Yes. yes. And then That's the, con- the real estate so important is, is, yeah. is yeah. that, yeah. I've always looked at that as like a 401k plan. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You guys, that's fantastic. Again, just a natural extension of what you're doing right now in both your passions and travel and in real estate. 
Um, I, I know a lot of people can relate with that on the W2 side. So thank you guys so much. And we had an awesome time talking with you guys about your guys' mindset, the growth, all the things you've been through over the last couple of years. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to uh, head out to the end part of the show. We're going to go through the rapid round. And then after that, we'll ask you guys how people can find out more about you. So sure. in this rapid round, it's the same five questions that we ask all of our guests. And so we're excited to rapidly ask them. So it's intended to be quick answers. Uh, for all, right. all five of the questions and they're for each of you as well. Oh, all right. Okay. So right, let's do, do it. You, do you want to yeah. go for it? Uh, sure. like I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All, right. all right. First question is what book has had the biggest impact on you and why? I am definitely, you don't want to, I'm not going to answer it. Like, <laughs> you don't want me to answer that. Mine's usually like, um, yeah, the books I read are not, you know. No, books. it doesn't have to be business. It could be anything. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let her think and marinate on yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> for, for, for me, it's for me, it's the uh, it's the it's the and I may be getting the title wrong. It's the power of one. So it's the idea and the concept. Although we have a couple of different businesses of just focusing on one thing um, and not getting so distracted. I'm a dreamer, so like I try to do a lot of things, um, and, and and it goes and it uh, kind of goes from there. I think the book that she's trying to think of is the McConaughey book. Oh yes. Oh, the green, You're right, green yeah. lights, right? That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. What was it? I forget. Was... The, I, you you had it right. Yeah. What yeah. is it? Uh, green lights. Green, Green lights. lights. Green yes, lights. that oh, was amazing. I haven't read it, but I've heard a lot of good things oh, about it. You have to listen. To you it. have to listen okay, to it. We'll get I didn't. It. I didn't read it. It was okay. his. Yeah, the, that was amazing. It's him reading it, and he just adds so much color to it. It's a. It's a car listen. Uh, we drove to like nine hours. We like crushed it in one that sitting. Real good book. That's awesome. Great. That's great. Yeah. Okay. We're going to get it right we'll get after that. this. And, <laughs> and by the way, Derek, did you mean the one thing by Gary? Yes. That's it. It's literally in. Yeah. Got it. Awesome. Nice. Okay, yeah. So mine would definitely be green light. That was an amazing book, but definitely listen to it. Yes, yes. Um, the next question is, if people wanted to emulate your success, what's the first actionable thing that they could do to follow in your footsteps? <laughs> Find your passion. Yeah. Okay. Do the internal work and get to know who you are. Mm. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. Full Beautiful. circle. Yeah. And the next question is, what small thing do most people not know about you? Yeah. yeah, I was raised by my grandmother. Oh, okay. That's cool. For me, um, I mean, I, I, I've been a, um, an avid endurance athlete um, for many years in the sport of triathlon. Um, so that's for, for the listeners. It's definitely, there's we got medals hanging over here in the corner. It's just definitely, it's been a, a big part of my life is the racing. Very cool. Awesome. Go ahead. You want to ask the rest? Yeah. So number four is, how do you like to unwind and restore your creative juices on your own, individually? I love music, all kinds of music. So that's definitely my outlet. For me, it's 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 actually fitness working out. Yeah, that makes Personally. sense. Yeah, very cool. And then the last question is, what are your guys's favorite family vacation spot to travel? I think that's getting ready to come up, but I'm gonna say uh, Mexico. Yeah, it's gonna be the same same for me. Solid. Yeah. What part of Mexico? It's actually it's the resort itself. It's not the area that's so much, you yeah. know. It's a um, Grand Moon Palace. It's yeah. one of the greatest family resorts and of all the all inclusive wow. out there. Ooh, I've never heard of it before. Where is that located? Oh, amazing. Yeah, it's I think it's in the it's Riviera, in Riviera Maya. Maya. Riviera Maya. Yeah. Got it. It's okay. a phenomenal spot. I mean, okay. yeah. 
We yeah. might have to contact you, Amy, to help us. <laughs> yeah, we might have to talk about that because we we like um, we've been to Cabo uh, in a place called Sunset Beach. Um, yeah. It's on the west side, and that was that's where we did our honeymoon for at least a we did like a two week honeymoon, right? Or yeah. And so, awesome. yeah, but but yeah, that was really really cool. So I'm definitely curious about hearing more about this all inclusive thing. It's for sure. You guys, oh, yeah. you guys are the experts, so <laughs> definitely got to take advantage of that wisdom. All right. Well, very cool. Thank you guys so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. You guys have been fantastic guests and so much wisdom here and lots of engagement and enthusiasm. So I love that. And that's, it was really, really fun to have you on. So as we'd like to close out, how can people find out more about both of what you guys do? Sure. I'm going to the travel website. Um, so of course we have the, the travel website. It's called Amy and Derek Travel. Um, we basically focus on all inclusives and um, that's pretty much it. I don't do anything with, with within the U.S. Um, it's typically um, all inclusives. Um, yeah. A lot international, of all international, lot international, international yeah. travel. And it's Amy and Derek dot travel, travel is the website. Cool. Um, and then the marketing firm, it's called Adapt media agency so if you google it um, or just go to adaptmediaagency.com uh, uh, or you can email derek at adaptmediaagency.com and happy to get back to you and anything digitally marketing related you can see everything on the website that we do uh, syndicator or non-syndicator but we do work a lot with your community very very cool thank you so much for coming on the show it was a blast having you on this was a great great show for lots of wisdom for everyone you know for all experience levels so thank you very much very different from some of the the shows we've had on before and for all of you listeners out there who have uh listening with us all the way to the end we thank you so much for all of your listenership and um wherever you're listening to this please like and subscribe or engage with us give us some feedback let us know how we're doing because we're always looking to improve and trust me you won't hurt my feelings out there <laughs> i want to make sure that we can get ourselves in good favor of the algorithm gods so we can find our way up and get more and more exposure to more people so we can help people just like you explore leaving their W-2 job, investing in real estate, and just entrepreneurship in general from a married couple's perspective. And so that's really something that we're passionate about. So that being said, that's all that we have. And Amy, Derek, thank you guys again for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. And this is Derek. And this is Sophie. We're signing off. Take care, guys. Bye.